Well, good evening. Welcome to Get Real with Rick Dancer. And we have a great show for you tonight. Uh, this young man is walking all across the country. Um, and he is doing this because he wants people to be aware of what's going on in the foster care system. Um, one of you sent me a message said, God, I saw this kid. You got to get him on your show. And so I went on Facebook, messaged him, and Devon said, yeah, man, I will uh, come on your show and talk with you guys and your people. Our show is sponsored tonight by Chris Dental Family Dentistry, uh, where everyone is welcome. And obviously, this is September, so you need to be almost. So you need to be getting in and getting your appointments made because October and November are going to start filling up really fast because everybody, once summer's over, they all go back to the dentist and he is your dentist of choice. Also sponsored by, this is our Elements of a Healthy Life uh, show sponsored by Elements Fitness Clubs. They have three locations in Lane County, West 11th. They have one in Springfield and they have one at Oakway. And the reason I'm put doing this show for Elements obviously is because what better kind of healthy life could you have is mental health. We don't talk about mental health very much, but we need to. We need to be experiencing that. And also our other sponsor is Compton Family Wines out of Philomath. They do tastings every Thursday, Friday, and Saturday and Sunday and uh, from noon to five. So you need to get out there and check out their wine. So let's get, I'm going to run a couple of commercials and then we'll get right to Dave on. So here we go. Bam. Before the fall rush sets in, now is the time to get in to see the dentist. Oregon's best dentist, and still my dentist, is Dr. Michael Bratlin at Chris Dental in Eugene. Dr. Bratlin and his staff are second to none. You have a tooth you need crowned? Give them a call and they'll get you in ASAP. Remember, at Chris Dental, everyone is welcome, vaccinated or not. More than a workout. You get results-driven fitness and nutrition help no matter where you're starting in your health journey. You get luxury club benefits like a heated pool, hot tub, sauna, steam room, and wellness centers. You get academy-level group training classes like HIT, boxing, TRX, and barbell strength. And your kids get childcare centered around movement with activity and a purpose. You get three convenient locations with one membership. All the amenities of a luxury health club with the membership prices of a neighborhood gym. Elements Health Clubs, we are more than a workout. And the guy we're about to talk to, it just got out of the gym. <laughs> Davon, I like you already, man. This is Davon Woods. Um, he said, I go, where are you? And he goes, I'm sitting outside my gym. So I just got done working out down here in, in Montana. You're where now, right now? You're in Georgia? Georgia, yes, sir. So, so tell me how this all started, you know, how you, and, and when you started. So you're a, a former foster kid. And what's your reason for doing this, walking across the country? Oh, uh, bit about our story me and my brother uh, i got a twin brother tavon um we got taken away from our biological parents at birth our family at birth because our mom was drugs while pregnant with us uh so they took us out to the hospital we was weighing two pounds uh, all that we could have fit in a shoe box my mom was uh doing crack while she was pregnant with us she never went to the hospital she didn't even know she was having twins until she finally went into labor I came out first. They was about to close her up. They discovered Tavon. He was stuck under my mom's rib cage. Uh, so they had to do an emergency C-section. Um, that's when we got placed into DSS, got involved. They took us out to the hospital, placed us into the foster care system. Uh, that's when we got adopted by a family at the age of two. A lot of people think once you hear adoption, when I tell a lot of people our story, and I'd be like, yeah, I got adopted at the age of two. They'd be like, well, congratulations. That's that's amazing. And I'd be like, no, 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 it wasn't amazing. Um, because growing up, 
Uh, I doubt the parents. It was so much uh, abuse, verbal abuse, uh, beatings for no reason. Uh, just getting uh, basically, it felt like we was getting picked at by our own by our own parents. You know, hearing words like you know you're stupid. Um, just hurtful things like that as a child, it, it hurts so much. And growing up, we didn't know any information. We didn't know why we was placed in the system. We didn't know anything about our biological parents. We didn't know anything about ourselves. Um, so, of course, me and my brother started smoking and drinking around the age of 11. Wow. It was, it was broken. Uh, and just like I said, our mom was doing drugs while pregnant with us. So it's a lot of habits and things that we didn't know about because we didn't know any background about our family. Um, so we started smoking and drinking around the age of 11. Uh, and it was just, it was so many days that we was just, me, myself, I can speak for myself, that I would just cry. I remember trying to commit suicide um, because I felt like I wasn't wanted. I felt like I didn't belong. The way that our parents was treating us is like, man, like y'all just doing it for the money. Felt like we were slaves, having to clean up the house, having to do this and having to do that. And it was just like, at a young age, I identify, I'm like, why would y'all sign the papers to adopt kids if y'all not going to treat them the way that they should be treated? Right. Uh, and did you did you ever ask your parent, your adopted parents that? So when did you leave? When did you get out of their house? How uh, when I turned, I graduated high school at 17. Um, so, of course, I turned 18 a couple of months after I graduated. So, of course, me and my brother had already had that mindset, but we were still sticking around. Because although our parents did all of that that stuff to us, we always was forgiven, uh, like forgiving people. Like I would forgive somebody that did something so horrible to me. That was just something that I that I never like holding any grudges against. Um, but we were, we was kind of sticking around for a little bit, and of course we ended up getting our own apartment and stuff like that. Um, but even still to this day, it's a lot of stuff that our adopted parents did to us or say to us that still affected us, even that I'm 27 years old now. Um, so it's just it's just to look back and to see how we was treated. And now I got uh, younger siblings on my adopted side because our, our house was like a group home in a sense because it was nothing but kids that was in the system because our parents couldn't, well, our adopted parents couldn't have uh, kids. So they adopted. So when you were growing up, you were the adopted kids. Were they bringing other kids in and adopting them or foster kids? Adopt, uh, getting kids out of foster care and adopting them. So it, it all together, they adopted a, around probably like five or six set of kids. So what? What? How did foster kids matter come up? How did you you started this organization and what is your purpose? What are you trying to do? Um. Well, the purpose behind it is because oftentimes kids in the system, no matter if you was adopted, no matter if you were in foster care, they're still under the same umbrella. Um, so it's just like oftentimes a lot of kids in foster care feel as though that they don't matter because oftentimes they get overlooked. Oftentimes they get treated like they're nothing. Um, so our goal is to let people all around the know, uh, around the world know that these kids matter. Um, so that's why we came up with the name um, because we wanted to be like uh, how people talk about the NFL, the MLB, um, all of these professional sports and all of these other things, we want people to be talking about the foster care system like that. Um, so that's why we ended up coming up with the name, coming up with the name Foster Kids Matter. So are you trying to change the system or just change people's attitude about the system? Oh, uh, well, I mean, honestly, 
in order to make a change, in order to enforce a change, at first, first you got to grab people's attention. Uh, so you got to, that's what anything that you're trying to do, is just like if you're trying to open up a new business, you got to be able to grab people's attention and let them know like, hey, like we about to, our business is about to open up soon. So you got to do a lot of marketing. So that's why me and my brother are doing these walks because we want to be able to do some groundwork to be able to let people know like, hey, this is something that we take, that we take very serious. And it never was done before. Nobody ever walked in all 50 states to raise awareness for kids in foster care. So we will be making history and it's just like, you know, we just want the world to know that these kids matter. So of course, the first thing first, we're just trying to grab everybody's attention. And eventually that's when, once we got everybody's attention, that's when we'll start talking about, okay, the changes that we want to make. Cause now we got everybody locked in and we got everybody paying attention. So what, what do you, what do you think most foster kids feel like? Did, they, <clears throat> did you feel like you didn't matter because you didn't know who your parents were? Oh, I wouldn't even say that. It's just like, number one, dealing with dealing with not knowing who your parents are as a child, that's already a horrible thing as it is. And not knowing anything just make it even worse. But not to be not to be able to receive that love from people that signed up to be able to do that, it just makes it even worse. So it's like a lot of kids, a lot of us kids coming through the system, we all want the same thing for the most part, just to be loved and for somebody to actually be there for us and somebody to actually care for us. So it's like, it's not something difficult. It's not like it's rocket science. It's just simply a lot of these kids just want somebody that's going to be there for them. Do you feel like a lot of that, that it's too much of a business? Like people are definitely, definitely. tell me about, tell me about that, Devon. What do you, how is it a business? Explain to people. I don't think people understand if you're not a foster parent, you don't really know how this works. Because of course the foster care system was created back in the early 1900s back in New York city. Um, and I forgot the guy name that created it. Um, but of course he created it because he's seen the need for kids in the New York, in the New York area and how many kids was growing up, not having anything and not having parents and things like that. So that's why the foster care system was created. It was designed to be able to help a child that's in an unfortunate situation to bring them into foster care. And now they may have an opportunity and now they may have all of these resources to be able to give them what they deserve as a child. But over the years, it just became into a business. So when it's becoming a business, it's not really about the kids. It's more so about the money now. So it's like they, they, they're not really thinking about how these kids are going to end up. They're not really worried about what these kids are going to be once they age out of foster care. Their goal and what their mission is to get these kids into the system once they age out at 18, that's it. So it's like it's more so about the dollar bill now than the concern of the kids because there's so many kids and I got on the side of my car, just got it done yesterday, but I got some of the kids that were failed in the foster care system, some of the kids that got killed and foster care. And it's because people are filing complaints about these kids being abused, these kids being molested, these kids being mistreated. And they're filing these reports and DSS, DCFS, social services not really taking it serious. So uh-huh. like, it's like now, what do you have to do in order to ensure that a child is safe? You got to do so much these days. Because right now I'm fighting the case with my own adopted parents against 
my younger siblings that's on my adopted side. They're not my biological siblings, but they're my my younger siblings on my adopted side. So now I'm fighting a case with with against our adopted parents, the police, and everybody's involved now. But it's just like when I talk to the caseworker and I'm telling her like, listen, all of the kids that've been through this house experience what these kids are going through, and she gonna ask me. She said, do you you don't think people change? I'm like, listen, lady, like these kids are going through and they're not going to talk to you and tell you what they're going through because number one, they're afraid. Um, so it's just like, it's, it's sad that it, it, it became about the dollar instead of being about the kids. And kids, kids care. They, they understand that and they know that these people don't care about them and that's the sad part. So how was that for you growing up? What did that do to you? It, it just made me feel like, just like I said, I felt like I was unwanted. I felt like I was just a check. You know, I felt like these people were just doing this for the money because, to be quite frank, if you place a lot of kids in the house with a lot of these foster parents and adopted parents and you remove the stipend or the check out the picture, you will really see how these parents will react. Oh. And a lot of them will end up, that's like you working a job, right? And they'd be like, you know what? You guys not getting paid no more. The average person is going to quit. So, so that tells you this wasn't about you wanted me and to love me. And, and let's make it clear, too. Not all foster parents are bad and not all adoptive parents are bad because you're not saying that. But you're just saying the system is is set up to fail because it's paying people to take care of kids. But do you love them? Because honestly, to be honest. You can have a person that's adopting and fostering a child, and uh, I heard some people say, like, listen, I don't, y'all don't. A lot of people do, uh, refuse the check from the government. They'd be like, you know what? I don't need y'all money. I don't want y'all. And that those are the people, like, okay, like you can tell they're not doing it for the money because. And and to be honest, I mean, some people when they foster and adopt kids, of course, you do need some help because I mean, I mean, you need help when you got to take care of these kids and stuff like that. But it's just like those people that just solely depending on that check and adopting all of these kids just so you can get extra money so you don't have to work. It just it just blows my mind. Okay, so hold that thought a second. I got I'm gonna run a spot here real quick. Hang on. At Compton with uh, Compton Family Wines, uh, Philomath, Oregon. We're at our state vineyard. Uh, right now we're working on the Pinot Blanc. Uh, we're in the middle of summer pruning right now, so the grapevines are growing. Uh, we had a the spring was very wet, a lot of moisture in the ground, so the vines are going to be very vegetative this year. So we're conquering all that vegetation, vegetative growth that they want to have this year to focus on the fruit, which is down here. So we had fruit, uh, we had bloom uh, in early July, and which is rather late for us. That's about two weeks later than normal. And then, but right now you can see we have good fruit set. Then the next thing we're going to do is we're going to do a little bit of leaf pulling too. But we'll pull leaves and open up the fruit zone. And it's not so much that we're trying to get sunlight on it, but we're trying to keep it good airflow going. It is almost time for back to school. And here at Elements, we wanna support your kids and give them somewhere cool to be, to exercise and get some movement in. This is our T-Rex Hit Zone Studio. So we offer classes in here right now for the adults. So much fun. Um, we have the T-Rex and Rip Trainers, a lot of fun things you can do on those. These painted plyo squares for tons of different variations of bodyweight exercises. BOSU ball, 
and mats for body weight. So this is gonna be at 5.30 every Wednesday starting September 7th, teen class. Get those kids moving. We're back into the routine of school. You parents, you adults can come and take a class or a workout while they're doing their own thing. The lights change with the music. So much fun. This room is a blast. We can't wait to have your kids here and welcome back fall. So Devon, so tell me, um, what do you hope? Um, honestly, I just hope that people take foster care more seriously and people actually like pay attention. Uh, because you know, how many foster kids and kids that's in the system that walk past people every day, but nobody don't know. Um, but I just hope that a lot of people just, just lock in and just know that these kids deserve a better life than the life that they were given. And there's so many people out there that can foster that would be great foster parents, great adoptive parents. But the sad part about it is a lot of people don't know the process, even when it comes to fostering or adopting a child, because it's like you don't really hear about people talking about foster care or the process of adopting a child or why is it important for people to open up their homes to these children. So it's like it's not you can't really blame the people. You got to blame the people behind the foster care system because they're not really, really talking about it like how they should. And not saying that their foster care isn't a discussion or a topic in America. But to be honest, a lot of these kids that got killed in foster care, majority of their stories never even make national news. Well, and, and it's just backing up your feeling that it doesn't that people don't think you matter. Exactly. Um, because do you so when you're on this journey, when did you start this? This elf? So what they're doing is they're going to go to every state in the in the union, and they're going to just spread the word about foster care. They're walking from state to state to state. So how many have you been to so far? You just started. Yeah, we started uh, late May, the end of Foster Care Awareness Month. Uh, the The original goal was just to walk from Georgia to Florida. That was it. We were just planning on walking from Georgia to Florida because when we did Georgia to Florida. We did 96 miles in four and a half days. Wow. So we, we just wanted to do something for foster care awareness month. Um, but as we was walking, we like, man, it's more, it's, it's kids in every state. You know, it, I would feel bad just to walk in Georgia to Florida, but it's kids in all 50 states. And I was like, you know what? Me and my brother was just walking. As days went by, we was like, you know what? We should do this every state we might as well just keep it going because oftentimes you know foster care awareness month is only one month out the year you got right. 12, you got 12 months in a year so i'm like man like i don't want to just talk about this and be known for the twins that walk from georgia to florida i like man if we're gonna do it let's do it big and hit all 50 states um until and and uh when we first started our walk i seen a guy on tiktok walking from uh California to Florida to raise awareness for men mental health. So I seen that and I was like, wow. So immediately I was like, okay, boom. It's foster care awareness month. We haven't done anything yet. I told my brother, I called him up. I was like, man, we need to do a walk. My brother was like, huh? At first he was like, I don't know if I could make it. I was like, well, even if you don't make it, I'm going, I do it by myself. Um, but he ended up doing it. Um, and just and to be, to be honest, we haven't prepared for this. This wasn't something we planned. Because doing something like this, this is something that you got to plan in advance. I'm talking about you can't plan to walk 90-plus miles 
and you don't got no plan. But to show people that it's possible, we've done it because we didn't plan months in advance. I've seen this on TikTok. In a couple of days, I was already planning it. And I believe like the next week and a half, we was walking. Wow. So we didn't train for this. We didn't have the right shoes. We didn't have some of the right everything, but we still got it done. Um, so that's why we was like, man, we might as well just do it in all in all 50 states. So why is this so important to you personally? Uh, personally, the reason why it's important to me, um, not only that I was a foster child or I was a child in the system, uh, but just to hear some of these other kids, like I go to a lot of camps, I'm connected with a lot of organizations. And when you start hearing these stories come from, from kids that are currently in foster care, that are like 11, 9, 10 years old, you actually sit down and talk to these kids and they tell you their story. You're just like, wow, dang. You know, so it just it just goes to show like what me and my brother are doing is not in vain. And a lot of people are like, dang, like Tavon and Davon, how y'all platforms blew up so fast? Everybody, somebody asked us, a couple of people asked us how did we pay for followers. I'm like, no, we haven't paid for any followers. Like everything is organic, but it goes to show you like God placed certain people in the right place for the right reason. You know, because a lot of people are like, wow, like it's people that's been trying to fight for foster care and kids in foster care for 20 plus years. Like, you know, like OGs, like people that have been doing this for a while. And here we come along. My social media platforms, I only been doing my social media platforms consistently for like a year, like about to hit my year mark, a year and some change. And on TikTok, I got 40K, 400K plus followers. On Facebook, I got 283,000. So it's just like, everybody's like wondering like, how how is y'all doing this? Like y'all on just about every news station, y'all on national, y'all was on the national news, but it just goes to show you like, God is the reason why all of this is happening. It's not because of us. But it's because the plan that God had for our life. Uh, so we just want to continue to spread hope and continue to show people all around the world. Because it's not only speaking to kids in foster care, but our story can relate to people, just regular people in general. And just showing people that no matter what you go through in life, you can turn it around for the better. So is that, you think, what the draw is to get that many people? Because those aren't all foster kids. Those are people. You think it should. Are you hitting the tone there, Devon, with with people that says, I mean, I, and I know your focus is foster kids matter, but don't you think there's probably a lot of people your age, which how old are you? Uh, just turned 27. That, and younger that don't feel like they matter, grow up in a place where they don't. That's probably, and you're speaking their truth to them. Correct. It's a lot. And to be honest, it's a lot of people that never been in foster care or never been in the system. It's so many of those people that reach out to, and they're just like, wow, like, you know, a lot of people reaching out like, wow, like, you know, like, I really appreciate my family. Like, they, they be saying stuff like, I really appreciate my family, even though it may not have been the best situation. But hearing your story and all, all these other kids' story, not even having the opportunity to grow up with their family, they, they, they go to thinking like, okay, like, I am blessed. Or, you know, like, I do appreciate my parents because there's some people that don't even have parents. Um, so it's definitely reaching not only the foster care community, but people that never actually even knew knew anything about foster care. So that's the good thing. So what so what do you think God's up to with you? Um, because just like I like to tell people, I'm the type of person that 
when I say I'm going to do something, I like to do it. And the energy that me and my brother have is kind of like, it's amazing because it's like, when I tell people we, we, we walk in 20 miles in every state, you should see some of the people's faces. They'd be like, they don't really understand it. They like, dang, like, and I'm pretty sure they'd be saying like, y'all crazy. 20 miles in every state, 50 states. But, um, you know, God, God placed us in this position because he knew that we was going to have a strong voice. And he knew that us two together, man, we just give so much hope to so many people. And when me and my brothers are around a, a group of people, a group of kids, we bring so much, so much light and so much positivity. Because although we've been through a lot in life, my life never was easy. I never had things given to me or simple. But to be honest, that stuff is not an excuse for me not to be the man that I am today because oftentimes we use our past as an excuse. Um, so it's just like showing people all around the world that no matter what you go through, it's not an excuse. So it's just like me and my brother is just giving people so much hope and so much um, ability to be able to keep going. To keep do, you think, do you think that's, uh, you know, um, do, you, do you know who Jordan Peterson is? Jordan, I think I'm. I'm He's a guy who's older guy like me who talks to people, but young men your age and a little older just thrive on this guy because he's telling him, if you know, go get go get a job and work, go do something, you know. And he's giving them, and it's all the message that nobody really thinks people want to hear. But okay. it's like if you want to change your life, you have to get off your ass and go do something. You can't just sit there. And you obviously had, and your brother had a lot piled against you. And yet you're not letting that stop you. Don't you think that's part of what makes people attracted to you guys and what you're doing? Because that's not the message we hear in our culture today is let the government, let everybody take care of you. They'll take care of you. And you're saying, hell no, <laughs> we got to take care of ourselves. We got to get out there and, and encourage people to live. Yes, sir. You got to. And um, the thing is, a lot of people really respect about what we do is because I actually quit my job back in November. I was working at Toyota. I used to sell cars, making I was making good money. You know, of course, I, I don't have a wife, don't have any kids, so it's just me by myself. Um, my brother, he's he's married on the other hand, but you know, I ended up deciding I was like, you know what, I'm gonna quit my job because I done it. I quit my job like two times before this. I when I was working at Honda, I quit. I quit to pursue to be an advocate for kids in foster care. Um, and then I ended up going back because I got discouraged. And then when I started Toyota, I worked for a few. And I was like, you know what? I want to pursue. I want to be able to do something that I love. So I ended up quitting, ended up going back because I got discouraged. People getting in my ears. Um, it's Because it's kind of hard to tell a, a big dream to small-minded individuals because they're not going to really understand what you're trying to do. Do you um, notice? Do you notice that? I mean, I, I feel that way too. I mean, you're kind of hitting a good nail on the head for me too, is I think there's people that they, they almost want to live in misery. You know what I mean? Where they'd rather just bitch and complain and, and live in, and then, then go out and try to do something different or change what's going on in their world. So instead they just, they make excuses for it rather than challenging themselves. You know what I mean? So that's, that's absolutely absolutely true um a lot of people do that but that's why I, I i made the decision i was like you know what i'm gonna quit my job um to be able to do something that i love and since i quit my job it's crazy because when i tell people i quit my job and this is all i do the first question people ask me they're like well how do you you know how do you get by what's your stream of income 
And I'd be like, dang, like, that's the first question you're going to ask me? Like, like, I mean, which I understand, but it's like, you know, it's crazy. Like, you know, so I just, I tell people, man, God been making a way since I quit my job. Uh, I'm blessed to be able to get paid on all three of my social media platforms, TikTok, Facebook, and Instagram. So that's a blessing by itself. But, you know, God has just been sending the right people in our lives, people that support what we're doing, um, people that, that actually, because by us actually getting out here and doing these walks, it's allowing people to have a different type of respect for us because it's easy to get on social media, on these platforms and say that you're fighting to do something. But we actually walk in to show people like, hey, guys, my brother have my brother drive trucks and he got a whole family, a wife and three kids. He take off work to do these walks, missing out on money. So it's like it's showing people like, dang, like, like, OK, like they re they really serious about doing what they do um so it's just uh, the level of respect that people have for us is just unbelievable so how do they get a hold of you davon if they want to find out more about you um of course my social well my social media accounts be pretty hectic but i mean of course social media email our website um is under construction right now because we had a website but we're uh we're changing some things to it and getting some new stuff done so it should be done in a couple of days um, but of course, Facebook, Davon Woods, Instagram, TikTok, Davon Woods, FC. Um, so yeah, I, I would say my, my social medias. Okay. And then do you have anything under Foster Kids Matter as well? Oh, uh, well, it's, it's normally just our hashtag. So if you hashtag Foster Kids Matter on like majority of all social media platforms, you'll find us. All right. So when you... um. When you get into Montana, tell me where when you come. You got my number and stuff. Let me know where you're going to be, and uh, we'll do it again. Yeah, we're going to be. We're going to be. What's the capital of Montana? Helena. Yeah, so that's where we're going to be at. We actually. When do it start getting? Like when do the? How is the weather there now? Oh, it's beautiful. But once it hits like October, November, I'm new, so I'm just telling you what I know from them. It gets pretty cold, so you're you might want to hit it in the spring. Okay. But when you do, I'm only like 30 minutes from, from Helena. So I could, I could come follow you with a camera and we'll do this live while you're walking. Oh yeah. That'd be nice. That'd be cool. Okay, yeah. man. Hey, thank you for your time. I appreciate it. And thanks for what you're doing too. Cause yes. that's for our kids too. Right. Yes, sir. All right, man. See you later. Sure. All right. So that's Davon Woods. Uh, you can look him up on Instagram. Uh, you can look him up on, on TikTok, <clears throat> Facebook, uh, find out more about what he's doing. I want to thank Elements Health Clubs uh, for sponsoring the show. Also, Chris Daniel Family Dentistry and Compton Family Winery. Um, that's it for now. Have a great night. We'll talk to you later.